to Art of Life, Frank Forza. Happy Tuesday, at least to me. Um, you know, we like to talk about nutrition, life, conversation, interesting people. I like to be dynamic. My interests are wide. The only, I just have that curiosity, superpower, that tenacity, that intensity, that want to know, that want to grow. Today, I'm going to share a couple stories that really illuminated me to me, that really were gut check, were a reality check, where I really learned something about me. Again, I'm I'm not just talking about me because, hey, I'm big-headed and I'm the stuff and I'm this, that. I'm talking about it because that's what I've lived. I'm talking about it because I don't want to be a copycat, right? Be yourself. Everybody else is taken. So I'm just sharing this. I want you to read between the lines, and maybe it'll be an aha moment for you, or maybe it will trigger a thought, a time in your life where something like this happened. And maybe it will just reinforce something you already know, right, a wisdom that's already inside of you. Maybe you'll be like, aha, that's exactly what I do. So I'm here to to educate, to enlighten, to entertain and a lot of you are super smart. You've got great stories. Share the story with me. Get on your podcast. Have me on your podcast. Whatever. But I'm talking about me because these are my stories because I've lived a lot. I've lived a very rich life. I've been around every kind of person. I don't want to just sit here and tell everybody else the story. When I have other guests, I will. We'll shine a spotlight on them. We'll have a great conversation. We'll eat good food. Eat, drink, and be merry. But for a lot of this, I've, I was a journalist. I was a kid coming from the wrong side of the tracks. I paid attention, and I got some stories in me. If you're going to be an interesting character, you've got to start to write your own life story. You've got to be a character in that. Don't always talk about everybody else. That's humble, but it might not be the best thing because you're not telling your story. You're not paying attention to your story. Tell more of your story. You say, oh, you're being... Big ego, how conceited, your stories aren't interesting. Well, what? Value yourself. Love yourself. Your stories are interesting. Trust in that. Start telling them. So let me go to, to one of the stories that was that was a huge game changer for me. I was 25 years old. I was working right outside of Washington, D.C. as a journalist. And... I was traveling back and forth um, to Baltimore every now and again. So one night I was out with some friends in Baltimore at a big club, a mega nightclub. I mean, this thing had to be, I mean, 40,000, 50,000 square feet. It was big. So we were out. I didn't drink. My habit was when I went out, I don't drink because I'm always expect. you know, supposedly my dad drank too much. That was always in the back of my head. And also, because Baltimore was a violent city, you never knew when somebody was going to be a knucklehead and just want to try to intimidate you or, hey, what are you looking at? Because I didn't, I I always felt like I needed to stay ready. So I didn't like myself with alcohol. Me, it sort of tranquilized me. Even a couple of drinks sort of tranquilized me, sort of mellowed me. And I, I really wasn't, I didn't feel in a position to defend myself. I felt like alcohol compromised me. It compromised my readiness. When I was out at night, Baltimore, 8, 9, 10, 11, I always had one eye on 
you know, one eye on my surroundings and one eye on the door. I was like doing recon, reconnaissance, like a, like a special forces or something. If a car drove by around the corner twice, I noticed it. You just notice everything, right? So I was very protection-minded, very self-defense-minded. So I didn't drink. I'm out. Anyway, I'm looking a couple feet away. A guy grabs a girl's butt. Stupid, silly stuff, bar stuff. That girl knew some people that I was that I was uh, friends with. So I saw him do it. I saw her object. And so I went over to him. I said, listen, buddy, you know, you do that again, and I promise you I'm coming over here. You do that again. Do that again. Let's see what happens. So, of course, a couple minutes later, this guy does it again, and uh, him and I are fighting right there on in the dance floor on the club. So the bouncers come, big bouncers, kick us out, throw me and him out the same door, which was very uh, stupid. And him and I are out there. We're fighting some more. A couple of his friends come out. And so I'm ready to fight three guys. And eventually, I guess one of my buddies came out, my buddy Brian, who's a cross-country runner. I mean, Brian's a good friend. But uh, he's not a fighter. I mean, he's a really skinned, slender guy, funny guy, successful guy, but not a fighter. So the wrong guy came out for me. And um, Brian got chased. I don't blame him for running, man. He would have he got a terrible beatdown. And, uh, I mean, I got, I had nine, ten guys, a bunch of big guys, goons. I believe some of the bouncers, for whatever reason, sided with these guys. And um, the big boys, next thing I know, I was getting, I got tackled on the concrete, on the on the street. And I was getting my head kicked in and stomped in. And there were pockets of that I don't remember. I'm certain I had a concussion. So I'm getting my head kicked in, and it's interesting. In our moment, sometimes our moments of greatest need, we don't know who's coming for us, who's coming to help us. Sometimes it might be a big brutish police officer or a big bouncer or whatever, and sometimes it's a 120-pound nurse off-duty. And that's what happened. Of all the people that were able to help me and stop these guys from beating me up really bad, it was a 120-pound nurse who came and was able to call off the wolves and spare me from even worse. So she gets me, and somehow I get moved up against a brick wall. I'm bleeding badly. My clothes are just torn everywhere. I've got a a footprint, the shoe print on my head, right, like a stamp, like a tattoo on my head from the footprint from being stomped. And I was sitting against that brick wall. I'm sitting, and of course I'm slouching, and my body is lazy, and I and I have very little control. My posture's terrible. I'm bleeding, and I'm against that wall. And of all the things that I could think, in an almost unconscious moment, slipping in and out of consciousness, 
and of all the things that could run through my mind, what do you think? What do you think I thought? The world stood still against that brick wall, slipping in and out, slouching. What did I what was I thinking? I was thinking, Frank, don't give those motherfuckers the satisfaction. Do not go out. Do not go unconscious. Don't fall asleep right here against this fucking wall. Don't give those motherfuckers, pardon my language, that's what I was thinking, don't give them the satisfaction. Subconsciously, that's it. I was drifting in and out like a drunkard, in and out, in and out. And I did not go unconscious. The lights did not go out. And by the way, that's not the first time I've been punched hard. It's not the first time I've been kicked. It's not the first time I, I was hit with a baseball bat before. I've been hit with a tennis racket. I've been I've had people pull knives on me. Um, I've always had a good chin, a very good chin. And I did not want to go. I was beaten badly enough to be out. I should have been out cold. But I wasn't because my spirit was there. And for the ne- I went to the emergency room. Later, I got out of the emergency. I got out- I got home at like six thirty seven in the morning. Got a cat got a cat CT scan on my brain. They're not good. Got one of those. Definitely had a concussion. So I went home. Monday, I had to be back to work. Out there near Washington D.C. as a journalist, and I had I was busted up, and I could. Barely walk. I felt like a Mack truck hit me, man. My body, I mean, I've never walked so stiff. I've never been, you know, one step had never been so hard. And it was bad. It was the worst beating of my life. And I've been in this fight biz. I've been in this, in the, in the wrestling thing. I've been in the combat sports. I was in street situations years back. Quite a few, more than quite a few. I've got thousands and thousands and thousands of hours in that combat sports, in the training and in real life scenarios and in tournament scenarios. Thousands and thousands. And guess what? I've had my butt kicked hundreds of times in training, sometimes in the street, in sparring sessions. I've had my butt kicked. And I don't just mean, hey, someone got the better of you. I'm talking, I got owned. Somebody was mad. Somebody was putting it on me. Somebody was trying to silence me. Somebody wanted to humble me. I'm talking they put whippings on me. There were a lot of those. Neck cranked, slammed on your neck, arms popped. My arm popped. My foot popped where it was swollen for 10 months. They didn't want to tap. I've been beaten up in that space. I showed up for it. It's a hurt biz. It's a pain game. So I've been busted up a lot in this training space, in the life space. And of all the beatings I ever took, that was the worst by a lot. That was the worst. So I'm 
can't walk right. Body's sore as can be, can barely move. My coworkers are like, what's going on with you? Still got to work. I still showed up for work every day and worked long hours. Got that footprint on my head. And I'm thinking, Frank, you just got the worst beating of your life. What'd you learn, kid? What'd you learn, 25-year-old you? What'd you learn? If a guy grabs a girl's butt again, are you, ever, are you going to respond to that? Are you going to walk around scared now? Are you going to be scared of people? Are you going to be scared to go out? Can you remember who these guys were? Do you want to go back and maybe find them? What do you want to do, kid? And the biggest takeaway for me, again, I think different. There's nothing wrong. I'm not saying I think right. I'm saying I think different. Think for yourself. It's not what to think. It's how to think. Think for yourself. The way that I think, I was like, you know what? My biggest takeaway from this was my stubbornness, was my ferocity, my intensity, my tenacity to protect my sanity, to protect my smile, to protect some of my swag, to protect my confidence, to protect who I am, who I want to be to protect my power, my strength, my dignity, I realized during that two-week period, worst beating of my life, I realized, you know what? Nobody is beating out of me the things I want to be. And I want those to be good things. Nobody's beating that out of me. You can beat me ten ways from Friday. You could comb it. You could do whatever. I'm going to be the person I want to be. If I want to smile, I'm going to smile. If I want to be light, I'm going to be light. If I want to be strong, I'm going to be strong. If I want to fly, I'm going to fly. And ain't nobody stopping that. I'm not going to walk around scared. I'm not going to be intimidated. You're going to just have to beat me. Senseless, unconscious, whatever. Kill me, whatever. I learned that was a measure for me. That was a measure. It was horrible. Thank God I couldn't remember what anybody looked like. I mean, there were just things just wiped clean. Like, I don't remember a lot of things. But I remember that lesson. I remember, hey, I'm going to be who I want to be. And I'm going to do what I want to do. And those are the mostly, overwhelmingly, the right things. I have a good heart. There's a long track record of that. But I had that stubbornness, the good side of stubbornness, I had it. By the way, I saw that woman, the woman that got grabbed on, I saw her about a month later or so, and didn't say nothing, didn't say thank you, didn't say nothing. That was something. That was something. I noticed that. But that's the biggest takeaway. Be so strong, be so fused to who you want to be. It's not about if I win or I lose. I've lost so many times, so much of my life. Again, I was a hard-headed guy growing up. I didn't trust a lot of people. The world didn't give me a reason to trust it early on. It didn't in the first 15 formative years. The world didn't give me a reason. The world gave me every reason to distrust it, to distrust authority. So I had to figure everything out myself. That was a bad thing. It took me a long time to learn things. That's probably why I'm a late bloomer. But the upside of it is I don't read a lot of these things. I live them. I lived it. 
and everything is deeper. The lessons are deeper. The thinking is deeper. The why is deeper. Because I'm not piggybacking and leeching off someone else's. I trust in my own experience, in my own journey, in my own connection to something higher, something greater that I call God. You call it what you want. But I believe the answers are in us. If I never read another book in my life, and I love reading, and I'm a voracious reader, but if I never read another book in my life, i still got 50 books in me. Like Buddha did, like whoever did. i still got plenty of stories. I've still got plenty of lessons. I still see the oneness. I still see the, the principles, the principles that we need to live by. I still see that. If the books, you know, burn up tomorrow, if they ban books tomorrow, I'll be all right. Some of you are going to be in trouble. Because you like imitation and regurgitation too much. Start thinking for yourself. Start having conviction for yourself. And all this tenacity, this is this is a beautiful thing because when that generosity is there, when the same way I feel these words and I feel so convictious about these things and so faithful, that's the same the same capacity, uh, tenacity, the same passion I can put behind um, generous efforts, philanthropy, helping people, being a friend. It's the same intensity, same tenacity, right? Same tenacity I can put toward building something, toward toward uh, inspiring people, coaching, teaching, projects, execution of something. The same thing. They go into love, go into food, and go into philanthropy, go into helping somebody, go into mentoring somebody, go into giving someone counsel. Being a consigliere, as we, we say, as the Italians say. So that was a big, big story for me, man. When I think back, that was 21 years ago getting jumped. And worst beating of my life of all the ones I've had. And I just learned, you know what? Nobody's beaten out of me. You know, I'm going to do it like Frank Sinatra did. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it the Frank Carreri Forza way. And I'm going to make my mistakes. And I made a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> a lot of my life is a lesson in what not to do. And they were just stupid, silly things at times. Like just things just being too stubborn. Always trying to be good. Always trying to do right. Always trying to live right. But just not even having the social IQ. Not not having the proper etiquette, not being as engaging to people, not listening to people, not saying thank you enough, not 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 going overboard with the thank you, just a lot of little things like that. Taking things, taking rejections personally, those sorts of things. Made a lot of those mistakes. So in any event, I want to share that story. You probably have some stories like that too, but. You need a moment that's a measure that illuminates to you who you are, what you're about, how strong you are, how tough you are, how determined you are. And it wasn't, for me, a sporting event. It wasn't something that happened to me at work or on the job. I have many stories and many lessons. But when it comes to me, my power, my strength, I learned that not by not through victory, not through something I did at a big stage or a big tournament. I learned that on a Saturday night in 
in a Baltimore nightclub getting my head stomped in. The worst beating of my life was gold for my soul, actually, to say, you know what? You're a determined dude, man, and that's a great, beautiful thing. Keep that. You think really quick. I was telling these guys I gave a private jiu-jitsu lesson the other day with my boy Ken Murray, and he had a friend, Cody. Ken Murray's a fruitarian. Guys are, you know, enlightened eater and conscientious, and he's doing the best he can. He's like 29. He's a, a smart young man, and, he, and he's got great intentions. Fruitarians basically eat almost all fruit. Uh, which is not something I endorse, but I was very curious of it, and there are things to be learned from Ken. So I'm, I know I'm not going to eat nearly as much fruit as him, but I'm still curious about his experience, his journey with that. But anyway, I said to Ken in that, I'm like, look, you think one of the most beautiful things in life, you know when you see a person, maybe it's your grandmother, maybe it's your next-door neighbor. I used to have these next-door neighbors, Frank and Josephina, they just drove by their house the other day. They, they died. They were 90-some years old. They've been married like 60-some years. They were beautiful. Uh, you know, Frank and Josephina Severino, they were my next-door neighbors. They were wonderful people, New Yorkers, good people, good, you know. And um, and you just think sometimes you have these these older people, right? They're 70, they're 80. You think of how much... How many times in their life they've been stomped on? How many times have they had their heart broken? How many times has somebody died on them? How many days have they cried? How many days have they had where they just financially lost or emotionally lost or depressed or whatever? People cutting them off. People saying something mean to them. Bill Collector harassing them. Whatever. How many days of that 70 or 80 year old life was like Wow, people were 